The new Grad Physio podcast is hosted by Andy Barker, consultant MSK and sports physiotherapist, private practice owner and the founder of the new Grad Physio. Having experienced his own rapid rise from student to dream job just 15 months after graduating, Andy knows exactly what it takes to accelerate your skills and fly up the promotion ladder faster than you ever thought possible. Having previously worked in his dream role at the Leeds Rhinos as the head of physio and rehab, Andy now consults with a number of individual elite athletes and within professional rugby, football and dance whilst running his own group of private practice clinics. He started the new grad physio to help student and new grad therapists just like you overcome the specific challenges you face at the start of your therapy career, helping you to dodge the common pitfalls that can cause confusion and overwhelm with your clinical practice and stop you getting the patient results and the jobs or promotions you deserve. This podcast will deliver you actionable advice, will help you make sense of your patient assessments, reason your treatments and patient rehab to get results well beyond your level of experience. You will also discover what you need to do to open doors, to create opportunities for yourself, so you can enjoy the best possible start to life as a new grad physio. So, let's get started. Hey, it's Andy Bark here and welcome back to the New Grad Physio podcast. I am the founder of the New Grad Physio and also the host of this podcast episode. And I wanted to, I guess, cut straight to the chase here in this podcast episode and make a pretty obvious point that, you know, I'm not a mind reader, um, but I'm sure you probably agree with me. Um, and I can tell you right now that you don't like treating shoulders. I know this because it is the air of the body that I get the most questions about, whether that's uh, both from the, in the sort of members area in my new graph physio program, whether it's uh, random emails or, or DMs on my social media channels. Therapists sometimes get a bit worried about spinal pain, so we get necks and backs, and that's namely around um, sinister problems, red flags, etc. But if there's one injury um, more than any other that I get the most questions about, whether that's in relation to diagnosis, treatment, rehab, it is without question the, the shoulder. And, and I know as a new grad, um, whether it's finding the right diagnosis, whether it's explaining um, a shoulder diagnosis to a patient, whether it's trying to explain a prognosis and tell a shoulder pain patient how many sessions they need or how many weeks it's going to be till they're you know, back at work, back in the gym, back playing sport, etc. It's really, really hard. And that's not including knowing yourself as, as, the, as a physio what treatments and rehab to actually use for shoulder pain patients. It can be pretty difficult. But do you know who I blame? Um, not you, not me. Um, I actually blame university to, to a certain degree. And um, I don't say that lightly. Um, I think, obviously, the university system and lecturers have got a really tough job to train us up as physios, as sports therapists, as sports rehabilitators to go into a host of, of different areas and to almost be uh, masters of, of every single joint, injury, muscle, tendon, ligament uh, in the body. And, it, and it's clearly not that possible. But the, the issue that I've got is in terms of teaching at university, I am sure, like me, when you were at university, you were taught largely to diagnose the patients that you're working with and to give patients a diagnosis. 
largely by using your special testing, which is okay, and it's great if the tests you actually use are good. Um, for example, like the Lachman's test and the knee, what you might use to, to rule in or rule out an ACL injury. You might use an anterior draw test at the ankle to, to rule in or rule out um, an AT, uh, ATFL injury. But this is not so very good at the shoulder because, you know, I'm not going to swear, but shoulder tests are pretty poor. You know, they are, they are really poor. If you look at all the evidence around shoulder special tests, they are not very sensitive and they are not very specific, which in simple terms means they are pretty, pretty poor at actually diagnosing what you're actually testing. Or put another way, they're a waste of your time and effort. You know this already. I'm sure you've, you know, if you didn't, if you're not seeing the evidence base around shoulder special testing, I'm sure in practice you found this. You've, you know, you've worked through your shoulder subjective assessment you've asked all the right questions you maybe have a fair idea about what's going on you know you work through your objective assessment you go through you know a range of movement get your output strength type of testing you maybe do some functional testing and you get to the end of that objective assessment and this is usually where you'll do your special testing and maybe at this point um you've got a bit of an idea what's going on you maybe think it could be this it, it could be that um, uh, in an ideal scenario, this is where you'd use your special test like you would at the knee or the ankle um, to rule in or rule out things, correct? The problem you've got with the shoulder is that the tests are so poor, you can't really do that. And particularly with the shoulder, it's really hard to differentiate between different shoulder problems by using these special tests. So the problem you've got is with the shoulder and with your shoulder pain patients, if you are reliant upon special testing to find the right diagnosis with your shoulder pain patients then you're always going to struggle the shoulder is in many ways a more complicated joint than others you know if you compare it to the knee or the ankle and this is largely due to it's maybe a more complicated structure how it's made up the anatomy of the shoulder itself and also, there's, there's so much going on in, in quite a you know quite a small space. We talk about the subacromial space; it's really small. There's quite a lot of stuff going on in there. The, the joint, um, you know, the ball and the socket, the, the head of the humerus, um, and that that sort of shoulder socket, the glenoid. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on there in terms of the joint and the, the mechanics, the biomechanics, um, how it works, all the structures that you know passing around that area. But as complicated as it might seem, this does not mean that you still can't get great patient results, even without a clear shoulder diagnosis. So I think in terms of the shoulder, particularly in relation to special testing, I think you just need to look at it a different way. Um, and I guess in terms of special testing of shoulder, I've already touched on how poor the tests are. So I guess you've got two options. We know the special tests at the shoulder are really poor. So you can do one of two things. You can continue to try and use special tests at the shoulder, even you, even though like, you know that the tests are, are pretty poor. And, you know, again, just carry on regardless, you know, using treatments, rehab exercises, giving those to your patients. Again, still... I guess, unaware of, of what's going on with your shoulder and, and still unhappy, really, that you're actually working with the right problems. Or, secondly, you can change the way you think about your shoulder assessments um, and actually find the right patient problems without actually using or relying upon special testing. And 
This doesn't only really apply to the shoulder. You can apply this concept to each and every joint, every single injury that you see with every single patient or athlete that you work with. Because if you solely rely on special testing, ultimately what you're doing here is putting all your eggs in one basket. And sometimes, again, this... Um, could happen even more so at different joints where the tests are actually uh, much better because again you're almost thinking you know i think this is what's going on i can i've got a special tests for that and sometimes what happens here and i see this quite a lot with more experienced therapists is that they almost pay lip service to the rest of their assessment and that includes both the subjective but particularly so the objective assessment uh, because they're racing to get to those um special tests you're putting all your eggs in sort of one basket but what if the like the shoulder the tests you try and use are pretty poor or that you're not that proficient in terms of the test so you don't actually do the test very well maybe that's because your patient won't relax they're apprehensive and they actually won't let you do the test properly or maybe it's a test you're just not you're like good at doing you know you've not used it much in the past uh, maybe your patient is quite irritable you know their symptoms they've got they're you know pretty painful and the test is sore, it's positive, but you're a bit unsure whether this is a, a truly positive test or whether you're actually seeing a false positive. So again, these are all problems that you can have um, specifically related to special testing. So again, the issue you've got, if you rely so much on special testing to find the right patient diagnosis, to find the right patient problems, you can, you can become unstuck pretty quickly. But you don't have to do that. Because if, you know, you, you can, again, from the remainder and the other parts of your objective assessment, there is so much valuable information you can attain from the rest of that shoulder objective assessment. So taking away special testing, imagine special testing is not a thing. You, you've never learned any special test. You don't know any special test at the shoulder. That's almost like the mindset you need to have with the shoulder because we know the shoulder tests are so poor. So you cannot rely on them in any way, shape or form. So again, you have to rely on the remainder of your objective assessment. Do a great job with that subjective and then nail the remainder of the objective assessment. And just remember, the objective assessment is not special testing. It's not just special testing. It's your range of movement testing, your output testing. You know, I use something called motor output testing. You might use um, strength testing. It might be the some of the functional sort of tests that, that you might use with your, your shoulder. It's your observation and palpation skills. It's not just um, special testing. You know, that is something that you, again, is probably a better way, uh, a better way of thinking about approaching the patients you see with shoulder pain. So I'd go into a, any shoulder pain objective assessment almost with the um, the idea in your head that you're not going to use any shoulder special tests because again they're they're a waste of time. So again, imagine you you know you don't know any tests, um, don't use any tests, and just do the the best you can with the remainder of your objective assessment. And I promise you that again by focusing um again more closely on your subjective and particularly the other parts of your objective assessment with shoulder pain patients, you will get more favorable patient results. All this week um I'm giving away some of my biggest tips to help you make sense of patients with shoulder pain and giving you some simple strategies 
to help you even with more complex shoulder pain patient, even as a young and inexperienced therapist. So keep your eyes peeled, keep your eyes on my social channels. I am at Newgrad Physio on Instagram and Facebook, and I am Andy Barker on LinkedIn. And finally, if you struggle with shoulder pain patients, if you find it hard to dampen your patient's shoulder you know, pain in the clinic and stop their symptoms flaring up, you struggle to know how to, to progress um, or even regress patients and lack confidence as to when your patient is ready to take that next step in their shoulder pain journey and when they're ready to go back, when they're ready to, you know, for you to give them the green light to go back to high level activities like the gym, a return to sport or return to, to, to work or indeed are unsure why some of the exercises that you give your patient that are meant to help them actually flare them up. If you answered yes to any of those questions, then you need to check out my free shoulder PDF Five breakthrough steps to confidently treat the shoulder right every time, avoid mistakes, and stop you feeling less adequate than other new grads. Just head to newgradphysio.com and you can download this resource straight away for free. If you do have any problems accessing um, the resource, then please just um, let me know. Just send me a message and I'll send you a copy. Thanks for listening. As always, I really appreciate your time and attention. Hope you found this podcast episode helpful. Check out the free PDF at newgraphphysio.com and I look forward to catching you on the next episode of the New Grad Physio podcast. Thanks for listening to the New Grad Physio podcast. Before you head off, I just wanted to make sure you did not miss this. Alongside his podcast, Andy posts a weekly blog on his website, www.newgradphysio.com. You can access all his blogs and loads more resources like his recent PDF, the five breakthrough steps to confidently treat the shoulder right every time, avoid mistakes and stop you feeling less adequate than other new grads. This is Andy's most popular resource and has already been accessed by thousands of therapists just like you. To get a copy of this PDF or to get more information about Andy's upcoming courses or find out more about his new grad physio membership, head to www.newgradphysio.com. Have a great day and we will catch you on the next podcast episode.